Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome to Bear Archery's Hunting 101 podcast, where hunters new and old come to learn and find inspiration from stories of hunts gone by. Everyone is welcome to enjoy the outdoor way of life, and there is no better time to start than right now. So let's head into the great outdoors with your host, Dylan Ray. All right, guys, welcome to Bear Archery's Hunting 101 podcast presented by Scentlock. Our great friends over there. I am uh, a huge Scentlock fan, have been for a long time, and just their complete layering system. So, guys, go check out my friends over at Scentlock. I've got a special guest, Thomas. Uh, how do I say your last name? Mifsud? Mifsud, split it right in half. M I F S U D. Mifsud. There we go. <laughs> I, uh, I met Thomas a while back at one of the mountain archery fest events. And, uh, I was immediately drawn to Thomas because of e-bikes and I'm a child at heart. Thomas had, um, all these e-bikes set out and I, I don't know, man, I probably spent two hours riding, riding the bikes, not even working. Um, and so I just got to know Thomas and, and, uh, just a, just a, a fun guy and, and really a, um, what's the word I want to use here? level-headed guy is that good hey it's it's your show brother you say <laughs> no just a, a super fun guy to deal with super fun guy to work with and so i really wanted to have him on and uh and dive into this kind of e-bike phenomenon and uh rules and laws behind them and and what to look for in an e-bike why to look at e-bikes so on and so forth so before we dive in uh thomas give us a quick introduction to yourself my friend yeah so I'm, a, I'm an outdoorsman. I mean, my my lifestyle, everything I do is based around the outdoors, and and I'm a faithful man and my God, and that's where I connect. And um, growing up throughout the years, I've been in contracting. I've built three companies up to ten million, sold two, closed one to become an actual four dimensional business and life coach to help other people succeed. And I I kept noticing a need for somewhere where people can get quality products at a discounted price without having all these credentials. So I started Universal Outdoor Products this year to sell one of my products, uh, Universal Gripping System, a rack that holds your bow, gun, chainsaw, anything else you can put on it and, and it can mount anything from quads to bikes and it's all made in the USA. And I'm like, well, what else can I bring to this? And what else can I do for the people out there, the consumers that, you know, the blue collar workers, like I came up, right? I've been self-employed since I was 19. So, you know, I've been at the bottom of the bottom of the gutter, living out of my truck in the mountains, all the way to having the, you know, 5,000 square foot house and all the toys. So I've had both sides of that. And looking at the racks, I was like, one of the biggest things that I could see that's growing, the fastest commodity growing in the outdoor industry today is e-bikes or our e-bikes. And yeah, that's what got me. Let me stop you right there. Why do you think it's the fastest growing commodity? Because I would almost agree with you, um, but I'm curious to know why you think it is. Because we're all fat and lazy. So, 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, not even that, right? I mean, yes, you know, some of us, you know, in that aspect can't ride bikes anymore, right? Or they don't have the energy or they're too out of shape or their knees or their hips or whatever. And, you know, looking at the sales and the way that this is growing by 2023, 10 million e-bikes a year will be sold, which is insane. To me. And by this time next year, they'll have a 30% tax credit, energy tax credit for any bike you bought within the last three years between $1,500 and $8,800. So the government's pushing for people to use these e-bikes. And one of the biggest things that they're seeing, and I'm not a big supporter of politics and stuff, so we won't even get into any of that crap today. But um, the <laughs> one of the biggest things that I see is people in the cities using these, right? Like I've sold about 68 bikes this year, and I just do this part-time. This is a passion of mine. I sell 6AM gear on my site, Wiseye cameras, Baku bikes on my rack right now, and I'm bringing other products for people to enjoy the discounts. But the main thing was the bikes. And I'm like, okay, so what are most of the people that are buying these, right? Probably 30% are diehard hunters. They just want to get back that 20 miles without being sweaty, without having to layer up, without being wore out to be able to start their hunt and be 10 miles past anybody else, but then have the availability of the battery to help pull a full elk out on a trailer from 10 miles back and walking next to your bike and your bike doing all the work. I'm like, that's my heart. That's my passion. But that's not the majority of the people that were buying. It's the people that want to exercise. They want to get out. They want to commute to work. But they want to be able to have that availability to if they're tired, if it's rainy, if they're hurt, they can push a throttle or they can up the assistance to 90% and just barely pedal. So they're still in the outdoors. They're still getting some exercise. They're still mobile and they're still having fun. Now I'm somewhere in the middle because I'm a passionate hunter, but then my wife's like, let's go on bike rides. And I'm like, well, if I got an e-bike girl, I'll go wherever you want to go. You know? Exactly. Right. Because you're like, why not? Yeah. (laughs) I love it. And that's, I ride mine every day. Like, like the last, excuse me. (laughs) Damn. Frog my throat. So when we were up at snow basin, I bought both my kids flatlanders. Right. So Baku does not sponsor me. They do not give me anything. I pay for all my own gear. I'm an authorized dealer. Just not to, and I sell it to 11 other manufacturers out there with my rack system, but I bought them those and I got them their scooters because it gets them out every day. They're still pedaling. They're still outside. They're still playing and I can ride my bike with them too. And now there's no excuse because we ride 10 miles and they're like, oh, I'm tired. I'm like, okay, well, hit your throttle. Yeah. You can use the bike to get you back. Yeah. No, I, I that, that is, I mean, that's a, that's a strong appeal to it because I mean, if I can go on a bike ride and see, you know, 10 miles of ground as opposed to get an e-bike and see 20 miles of ground, it's just, I mean, that, it's that much better. Um, in terms of getting out, being outside, you know, just going places, it's that much better because I can go twice as far, three times, four times as far, you know? Yeah, five, uh, six, depending on how you ride. Yeah. And, and and you said it. Uh, so before we jump too far into this, let me give a quick thank you to my friends over at Wise Eye. Um, that was actually what drew me to your tent. I said it was the bikes, but I saw Wise Eye cameras and I'm like, wait, hold up. I'm a Wise Eye fan. So I went over to check them out. It turns out you were a dealer. Um, guys, if you don't know anything about Wise Eye, they are the most sophisticated uh, cellular trail camera on the market. With game recognition technology, I only get the pictures of the bucks I want to see. I don't have to look through 4,000 coons and and 
and a hundred does. I don't have to look through all those pictures. And that's a big time saver. I mean, you, you go through, you know, you saw I pull my SD cards, there'd be, you know, 4,500 pictures on it. You know, that takes a while. Now I pull it, it separates them out into folders for me by the buck. You know, it's got antler recognition technology. So, uh, you know, if I've got the big 10 is what I call them, uh, it'll give me just, just a folder of that buck. And I can look at when he was there specifically. So guys go check out wise. Eye. we'll dive in, uh, more to wise. Eye here in a little while, but, uh, those guys are absolutely fantastic. Great guys. And I thoroughly enjoy their cameras. Um, yeah, they, they are, they're, they're friends of mine. They're really good guys. And, you know, not to go too deep into it, like you said, we'll hit it a little bit later, but the facial recognition, right? For especially for the white tails, it's huge. I'm a Midwest. I'm originally from Michigan. I live in Washington now. So I do a lot of Western hunting now. And they're working on getting in the facial recognition for the elk um also over the next year, which is gonna be pretty phenomenal when that comes up. Yeah. You know, I mean I know there's places, you know, there's properties I have where um, you know, you could have forty does come in in a night. And, and I don't want to sit there and flip through photos, um, just going do, 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 do. Um, you know, my kids like it, but I don't. (laughs) And so, uh, you know, it was big for me, uh, especially on, on leases out of state. Um, you know, I've got a couple of leases. Uh, I think you met the guys over at Liberty ranch, uh, with those guys down there. And so, you know, the fact that I can just set my camera ups down, my cameras up down there, log into the app and look at it. That's big for me. Uh, you know, I can't drive two hours and check cameras. Uh, so I can just open it up and, uh, and, and check it right then and there. I don't have to worry about it. So, um, they're great cameras. Now let's talk before we dive into the laws behind e-bikes, who does e-bikes benefit? Um, and I say that because I mean, obviously anybody can find benefit, um, from an e-bike, but from a hunting standpoint, who can find benefit from e-bikes? Because everybody well Any, anybody that gets out of their truck and walks any distance to get to where they hunt if you want to go in quiet you want to go in scent free and you want to go in with the least amount of foot and tra- traffic and or tracks on the ground then it's the e-bike it took me three years to convert my mindset and my perspective inside of it because i always looked at it as cheating because i'm a hiker I'll put 150 pounds on my back and hike 20 miles up in the mountains, right? And I'm just like, oh, e-bikes are cheating. E-bikes are cheating. Hell no, it's not cheating, even with whitetail hunting, right? At the end of the day, instead of me being in four different layers, right, walking out to my tree stand, sweaty, trying to change layers up in the tree, spray myself to get that scent because I just walked in five miles. Now I have the layer I'm going to sit in on. I jump on my bike. I hit the trigger. I don't even pedal going in in the morning and the bike takes me in nice and quiet. I drop it where I want to drop it. You know, I usually have a spot picked out. It lays down, scent free, quiet, not tearing up the ground. And I get up in my tree stand. I'm not sweaty. I'm not wore out. So that's just an example of the tree stand, hunt, right? And the blind hunt. No, because how many times have you got out to your blind and been soaked in sweat and you know you stink, you get cold, you're wet and you're miserable before you even start the hunt. No, that's why I asked because, um, you know, my first initial, my first initial mindset about the bikes was I don't go out West enough to need one. Uh, that was my first initial thought. Well, then I started thinking, I'm like, well, man, in your mind, your mindset, exactly. I was like, well, man, you know, there's places where I have to walk two miles in 
to get to my tree stand or there's places where, uh, you know, even if I just want to go put out cameras, uh, you might put in four or five miles just putting out cameras. And I'm like, maybe I can benefit from this. And then you dive into shed hunting and that's a whole nother deal. Uh, you know, rather than, rather than walking, you know, seven, eight miles in a day looking for sheds, now you just zoom around on a bike and have fun while you're doing it. So, uh, that's why I asked because my first initial mindset was, well, I'm not out West enough to benefit from this. But then I'm like, well, you know, that's kind of small mind thinking because there's benefit in this for anybody who puts any miles in. I mean, whether it's one mile or 10 miles, there's benefit in it. 100%. And and that's just in the hunting scenario, right? That's why you have the different models. So like the bikes that I work with, you know, the Flatland or the Mule, the Storm, you got everywhere from Rolling Hills, Oklahoma, Florida, Midwest, right? Where you're just cornfields, alfalfa, you know, no steep stuff, no ski slopes, no big mountains. And then you come out to where you do have the big mountains and there's bikes for that. There's a center drive, 750 to 1500 watt, where you can go straight up a ski slope and not even break a sweat, right? For two, three, four, eight, ten 10 miles, depending on how far back you want to go. And so, and I'm seeing a little bit more too, as in a lot of turkey hunters are starting to use them to go from spot to spot to set up their decoys and going, I'm a big turkey hunter. I guided turkey for 10 years and it's huge because it's so quiet and stealth. Like I'm like, okay, okay. I can hear that bird over there. I need to get 500 yards over there. Like now you jump on the bike, drop the bike in the fence roll, get up, set up your decoys. And they have no idea you're there. And then go ahead. I see you going to say something. No, I I was going to switch gears. So you go ahead. Oh, and then, you know, getting into, you can probably hear my dogs running in the back. I just, my uh, German short hair pointers just came home today. You got bird hunting, upland game bird. Like I'm a big game hunter, but upland game bird, you've got the horses, right? For all your master tests and stuff. Well, we're going to run the e-bikes this year on some of these big fields with our dogs because our dogs will point and hold, re-ride the e-bikes up to them just like you would a horse. You get off the e-bike, go up, flush them, shoot, jump back on the bike and just start riding again, right? So there's just so many different ways that you can put these bikes into use just in a hunting scenario not even the everyday life in the commute in the city and the beach and camping and all that and the bike rides but just hunting scenarios and you know another big one and you mentioned corn and alfalfa and you know soybeans and you've got these hunters and and or you've got these farmers and right now i've got i don't know four leases and three of those i can't drive anywhere near where i hunt just because it's surrounded by fields. Uh, you know, farmers don't want you in their fields. And so, you know, there's been times where I literally have to drag out a deer hundreds and hundreds of yards just so I can get it so I can pull my truck up to it. Well, now I don't have to do that. Um, and, and that's super beneficial for me because, you know, there was times where it's, it's like, well, I, you know, a shooter would come in and it's like, well, I really don't want to have to drag this thing out tonight. Like, you know, and that sounds I know what you mean. Yeah. that sounds bad, but you know, on a Saturday night or something, and you know, got to be up early for church on Sunday morning. You're like, man, I don't want this to be a, a two a.m. night of dragging out a deer. Um, and so it's a big game changer. Uh, it, it's a big game changer in the sense of even so, and 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 I and again, I do want to dive more into the informational type stuff. You know, I I strive for this podcast to be a learning podcast and an informative podcast. So. I do want to dive into the learning aspect of it, but I also want to note it's a big deal. You know, if you've got four wheelers or ATVs or, or I have a golf cart, that's my hunting buggy. I've got to get a trailer 
uh, you know, so if I want to go get it and take it into the woods, I've got to pick up my trailer, hook up my trailer, load it onto the trailer, strap it down, drive my trailer out into the woods, which now you're talking, I can't get my trailer into places. And so I got to drive the golf cart extra far. And so now you literally throw the bike in the back of the truck and roll out. You know, I mean, they're, I mean, it's, it's, and you can lay them down, you can flip them upside down, you can put them however you want because it's all electric. You have no gas, you have no oil. And I'm not against gas and oil, right? I mean, I, I love, I've got a big ass diesel truck sitting. Well, not today because the tranny blew off. They had the shop today, not in my driveway. But, you know, we did sell our quads, we did sell our dirt bikes when we got the e bikes just because we could do so much more with the e bike than we ever could with the quads or the dirt bikes. Yeah, no, uh, it was comical because you texted me that your truck broke down, and I'm like, man, too bad you wasn't carrying no e-bikes in the back of your truck, dude. You'd be fine. Right? I would have just freaking <laughs> rode home. I would have been good. <laughs> you could have towed the truck with the e-bikes. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> especially with the storm. Yeah, that thing, yeah. Will, that thing will drag anything. So so I want to dive into two different things, uh, laws surrounding e-bikes, but also because I do feel that's not publicized enough. I do feel that, you know, there are some laws that people aren't aware of behind e-bikes. So I want to dive into the laws surrounding e-bikes. But before we get there, uh, walk me through how to select an e-bike. And this doesn't just have to be uh, Baku specific, but just how to select an e-bike overall. You know, what are you looking for in an e-bike as far as wattage and suspension and, and brakes and, and, and all of those good things? If someone was in the market for an e-bike, what do they need to look for? So I'm going to give you a quick thing about why I choose Baku, not to put Baku on the spot, but I sell my rack system, my bow gun utility rack to 11 different bike manufacturers. And the way I tell people is you've got the Geo Metro up to the Lamborghini, right? So you've got the lowest quality, lowest price, highest quality, the highest price, but you've got that midline really high quality at a midline price. That's where Baku falls in, right? They've got the Lamborghini parts on a Corvette you know, in a Corvette price point. And so when I look at the bikes and I look at how they're built and what they're, what goes into them, I'm like, okay, who has the best quality inside of the best product for the best price, but then also who has the best back office customer service that is on point answering calls every day, replying to people, not making people wait two, three, four weeks. You know, they're really there for the customers. And that's why I became an authorized dealer. And that's why I'm friends with the owners. Um, and that's why I only sell one, even though I have the opportunity to sell 11 other bike companies, I don't, and I don't know how you are, but I'm a quality guy. And I'm like, when somebody proves something to me, then I'm there, I'm committed. Yeah, no, I, uh, that's exactly how I am, man. Like when I find a, when I find something I like, um, I'm just flat out loyal to that. Um, and, and it really doesn't matter, um, you know, what else comes along the way. You know, I'm not one of those guys. I, I used to be what I call a gear junkie. I wanted to try everything. I wanted the newest, baddest of, of everything there is. I don't think I've shot another 2021 bow other than the Bear Redemption um, just because there's no need for it. I have a bow I like. Why go out and try? I mean, that's just kind of how I am. Uh, I found what works for me, and that's what I stick with. And, you know, I had the pleasure of meeting Dave, uh, one of the owners of Baku, uh, at the Pope and Young Convention. And just an absolute stand-up guy, um, phenomenal guy. And, and this was really even before I kind of dove into why e-bikes, why Baku, why is Baku the best? Um, but Dave himself, 
sold me just because he's such a great guy, such a, a good guy to deal with, a fun guy to have dinner with. Um, you know, me and my wife got to sit down with him and his wife, uh, for, for dinner one night and, and just a phenomenal guy. Um, and so absolutely you're correct. Um, you know, and I'm still new to the e-bike world, so I really can't say for certain, um, back who is the best, no matter what, cause I've, I've only ridden like three. Uh, but I can say that I've met several guys inside of the company and every single one of them has been phenomenal stand up guys and just great to deal with and in every way business personal um just great guys to deal with yeah no and and they are and that's one thing that drew me to them they actually bought my racks originally almost five years ago and that's how i ended up being introduced to them and the other companies were buying them so with the psg rat you know we started building that relationship and then i started finding out because i was always that guy you know i mean i have no problem throwing out their name you know marketed right Quiet Cat's a marketing giant. Rambo's a marketing giant. And so when you look at those two, those are the next, the top three, right? Is Quiet Cat, Rambo, and Baku. So Quiet Cat's highest price midline quality is the way I look at it. Rambo is lower price midline quality. And then Baku is highest quality mid price, right? So you have those three kind of different levels. And to get the same quality bike in between the three, like for, instance with the storm if you wanted the same quality bike as the storm if you went in to have it built at a bike shop which i'm going to get into the components on how to pick right now if you took the storm in there and said i want you to build me a bike like this it's going to cost you roughly ninety six hundred dollars plus to have a bike shop build you a bike equal to what that bike could do when you can buy them for under seven already done and ready to go with the warranty with the customer service with the background and that's the awesome part right it's like these are pre-packaged, badass machines that are built for the hunter by hunters. Dave is a hunting machine. He's the brains behind, you know, a lot of the design and the development of each of these bikes. And he uses them and uses them and uses them. And then he says, okay, now we can put it on. Yeah. And Dave, Dave himself debunks the theory of we're all fat and lazy and we just want to get around the mountain easily. Yes. This dude's jacked and ripped and cut to the bone. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm like... I saw him and I'm like, good Lord, you own an e-bike company? You know, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like I thought this was a fat old man game. Uh, no, you, you still got to work. You still got balance. You still got to use your muscles, right? So even if you're not pedaling, you're still using your core. You're still using your shoulders and your arms. That's what people don't realize. You're still physically pushing yourself more than you would be just by walking or sitting on your ass. Yeah. No, you're right. Um, I just thought it was funny because I'm like, what? I'm like, good Lord. <laughs> and Brian, the other owner, is same way, right? I mean, he's ripped. You know, he's he's in top shape, skis, rides, everything. So it just shows you that it isn't for the out of shape, you know, oh, you know, I got to have a bike to get me from here to there that has a motor because I don't want to pedal. It's people that want to live that outdoor lifestyle and become healthier, you know, yeah. and get out there farther. Yeah. No, I'm a... Eh, I, I've become a fan, man. Uh, I, I've become. Uh, I think you're more of a fan of the scooter though than the bike, but we'll get oh, into this. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I need I need you to send me the video of me riding the scooter sitting down. Yeah, uh, I will. that's uh, that's how I'm gonna that's how I'm gonna post this episode. Yeah, you little chopper. Whoa. Yeah, <laughs> that's how I'm gonna post this episode announcement. No, uh, but uh, you know, after I, I started looking into Baku quite a bit, um, you know, I stumbled upon. 
a lot of guys that I, I respect um, who swear by them. Uh, you know, the Major League Bowhunter crew, um, Remy Warren, uh, Don Jr. I mean, these guys, you know, guys that, 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 I, I say this loosely, but guys that could choose any company and they chose Baku. Exactly. Uh, and that speaks volumes. Um, so, man, walk me through how to select an e bike. So when you're looking at an e-bike, you have a couple different options, right? So the one thing is when you look at quality, starting from the bottom up. So tires, you want to have high-end tires like Maxxis. Maxxis tires are some of the best on the market. You want to have pre-installed anti-puncture liners, you know, so that way they're there. You want to have pre-installed fenders and rear racks so you're not paying extra for them. There's a lot of companies that want to charge you for every little thing, right? But without them, you don't have a complete bike. And then when you look at each bike individually, you have a hub drive and you have a center drive. Hub drive is in your back wheel. So when it comes to a hub drive bike, so when you have the motor in the back wheel, that is a flatlander when it comes to Baku, but that's probably 85, 90% of the bikes on the market today are hub drive. And they're promoted to be able to do what they can't do. They're not made for steep hills or long durations of elevation climb. They get hot, they lock up, they melt, they burn out, they shut off. So they're made for rolling hills, light grade climb, nothing super steep. So when you look at Baku, theirs is called the Flatland. So it's made for Flatland. That's what it's called. You're not going to take it up a ski slope in Colorado or or Washington or Idaho. You're going to take it through them cornfields, through the alfalfa fields, down through some draws, some ditches, things like that. And when you push your bike and you push a hub drive to where it ends up burning up the motor or overheating and melting, it locks the back tire up. Now you've got to pick the back end of the bike up and walk it up. So I've converted probably 30 people from another bike company that they were sold on that hub drive will go up and down the mountains here in Washington. And I know two people personally that their bikes are still up in the mountains from last hunting season because they burned up and they left them there and they haven't went back and got them yet because they're like, I'm done, you know, but they bought what I call the Geo Metro or the Walmart bike, right? Because they were trying to save money. You can't be running a hub drive. I mean, you can if you want to, but you're going to run into a lot of problems. You're going to be mad at yourself. If you're riding mountains, you're getting in steep stuff, don't use a hub drive. Now, the other components that go with it are your suspension. You want on any bike, and then I'll get into the mid-drive. Any bike, you want air suspension so you can adjust it yourself at home. You don't have to take it to a bike shop and have gas put in it. You want hydraulic brakes, preferably a quad piston hydraulic brake by like Tetro, or a two caliper for a flatlander is fine because you don't have the hills that you're working with. So you could do a two piston, still buy like something like Tetro because that's, you know, that's what they put on different bikes like Specialized and Trex and stuff, it's a higher end component. Um, same with your suspension, you know, higher end air adjustable and lockable front and rear suspension. If you get a full suspension or a hardtail with just a front suspension, you still wanna make sure it's lockable and you wanna make sure it's air. And then your hydraulic brakes, and then you have to look at your cassettes, so your gears. So Shimano and SRAM are your top two gears out there for any e-bike company. Now, you've only got probably about 20% of companies out there that are actually putting these components I'm talking about on their bikes. So a lot of the companies are doing cable still for their brakes. They're doing undersized rotors, 
not slotted. So they don't, you know, they don't handle the heat very well. They're doing cheap cassettes. So when you're in a lower gear and you do hit a hill, you're stripping gears out and they're using cheaper motors with nylon gears inside of them and other softer metals instead of the high end. So when you look at the motor, you want a Bafang motor. When you look at a hub drive, you want a Bafang Ultra 2 motor because they removed the nylon gears out of that motor. And so when you're looking at these and you're like, okay, what am I paying for? If I'm going to buy a $2,000 bike, it's going to cost me another $2,500 to get it to do what I want it to do because now I got to go through and change all these components, right? So you got to be very strategic when you're planning on how am I going to ride this? How am I going to use this? Now, if you're up in the mountains, like what I hunt, and you know a lot of you guys out there know Corey Jacobs, um, Jacobson, sorry, with Rocky Mountain Elk Calls, Rocky Sun, you know, he pulled nine elk out with his mule and his folding cargo trailer last year. Full quartered elk behind the bike out of the mountains. Now that's a center drive mule. That's a 750 to a 1000 watt. And you can program it either way. And then from there, you can go to a full suspension bike, which is a center drive. But now you got a rear suspension and a front suspension. So if you want comfort, I ended up upgrading to the storm this year because riding around with the kids, I wanted that suspension because I don't want a callous ass. I'm sorry, but I'm not a mountain biker and I don't need no callus or build up on my, my cheeks. Right. So <laughs> no. Uh, so if you're listening to this and that all flew over your head, like it did me, that's okay. I'm slow it down a little. <laughs> that's okay. But for the guys who have dove into all these components and are looking to get information on an e-bike, um, that is gold. Uh, because what, what, what I appreciate was, you know, it doesn't pertain to, to just Baku. Um, so if you're looking at any company in the market on e-bikes, look for those things that, that Thomas talked about, because that's how you're going to get, uh, the best e-bike you can get again, no matter where it's from, um, try to get those things in, in a bike. Uh, now before we go on, let me give a quick thank you to my friends over at American Hunt. Uh, American Hunt was a is a website that was built to connect everyday outdoorsmen to landowners and guides. Um, so you can log on and you can list land um, to cash flow some of your land without giving up the hunting rights year round. Uh, you can also, if you're an outfitter or a guide, you can list your services um, to get exposure on a national platform. But also for hunters, uh, it gives you the opportunity to lease land by the day. Uh, so if you're driving across the godforsaken state of Missouri and you decide that you wanted to hunt, you could log on, put what you want to hunt, you know, where you want to hunt, and you can look at properties around you and just lease ground for the time you're going to be there rather than tying up land. I'm sorry, rather than tying up your money um, in one lease for the full year. So go check out American Hunt. They also have a huge giveaway going on right now with Pope and Young uh, to give away an, a whitetail hunt with Matt Jennings himself. So go check out that giveaway. Go check out American Hunt. Those guys are awesome. And uh, I know myself, I've already booked a hunt this fall uh, using their platform and their services. Um, I think they've got a they've got a deer hunt maybe in Washington. I don't remember, but um, I don't want to misspeak. But anyhow. I'll have to check that out. Anyhow, go check out American Hunt. Those guys are great. Uh so Thomas, run me through, uh, and I know that this could open up a whole can of worms because it's different per, for every state, but what are some general laws behind e-bikes? 
So one thing I'm going to start with just to kind of capitalize on what we just finished, right? The components on the bike is going into the laws. The one thing that Baku does have over the other bikes and not to make this all about Baku, it's just, they're, they're proven. They're proven to be who everybody's chasing in the market right now, right? Is you can change their bikes from a class one to a class two to a class three, which I'm going to get into here by yourself at home. You don't have to take it to a bike shop and you don't have to have a certified mechanic do it. The other bike companies still have not upgraded to that yet. So if you want to take like the mule, for instance, the mule is a thousand watt motor, but programmable from 750 to a thousand watt with a peak wattage of 1500. So electric motors, when they feel a draw, they can give an extra boost, right? Not like a gas motor. So they can give you a little bit more. So if you get to a spot where you turn and you go up a hill really quick, and you're pedaling, it'll actually go and give you an extra 500 watts just to keep you going at that pace so you don't lose your momentum. Now, when you're sitting at home and you're like, okay, I'm going to go ride this trail, but it's a class two. So I have, I'm a max 750 watt. So you go into the programmer, it takes probably about 45 seconds. You set it to 20 mile an hour, which puts it at 750 watt. Now you're a class two, just like that. So what are, what are the classes? So the classes that we have inside of the e-bike community is class one, two, and three. So class one is no throttle, pedal assist only, maximum 20 mile an hour, 750 watts. So that's your class one. So like when you go to get on the mule, you disconnect your throttle, you program it to 20 mile an hour, which puts it at a 750. Now it's pedal assist only, and it can't go over 20 mile an hour or 750 watts. You're a class one. Now a class two, plug the throttle back in. Now you can have throttle assist and pedal assist, but you're still capped at 20 mile an hour and 750 watts. So then from there, you go to class three, which ups you to 28 miles an hour, which is a thousand watt. And you still have the throttle and you still have the pedal assist. Now you're in a class three. So if the trails that you're on or you're going, say class one, two, or three, you can adjust these bikes just within less than five minutes from any of those three classes. Now, if there is no classification, then you can go wide open. Now you can up your speed to whatever you want. So the programmable speed on the controller goes higher than the bike can go. It goes like 80 mile an hour or something like that, which the bikes don't do that. But I have been on my bike and I've got it up to 49.6 mile. So they are 50 plus mile an hour bikes if you choose to allow them to be, depending on the gearing you have and which level you have. So if there's no class one, two or three, and you're like, hey, I'm going to go ride this like I did with my storm on a trail on some private property in Montana this year, I'm like, I'm going to put it in a 1500 so the storm goes 750 to 1000 to 1500 with a peak wattage of 2000. So I went on this draw, this ungodly seven mile draw up this rock bed in the mountains of Montana. I wouldn't even take a dirt bike. And this bike got me up there and got me back down through snow, ice, mud, rocks, boulders, cliff sides, everything, and completely blew my mind. But I wasn't limited on my power. And afterwards, I'm like, okay, well, let me go back up a little ways in the 750 mode. So just in case, I wanted to see what this would do in a 750 mode, right? Same buffing ultra tube motor, you know, all the components are the same. 
And it absolutely did amazing. I mean, it, it took me up there. It took me down. Now, it didn't have the speed that the 1500 watt did, but you don't need speed. Not in trails, not where we hunt. It's not about speed. It's about the durability of being able to get in farther and get out with a heavy load. And that's the way I started looking at it. So I was able to prove that that bike in a 750 or a 1500 would go up the same trail with me. And it used less battery than the 750. So when I ride, I like to keep it in sport mode one, which when you look at the bikes that we have, you're, you've got five levels of power. You've got one through five, which is 10% assist to 90% assist. So at 10%, what it's doing is just taking the weight of the bike off you. So all you're doing is pedaling, moving the weight of yourself. The weight of the bike is gone. It's like riding a weightless bike. And then all the way up to 90%. And then we'll use the throttle, which is 100%. So now that hopefully you kind of understand the class one, two, and three, when you look at the laws, every state's going back and forth. So Montana state's fighting the national federal law. They're trying to make all their national forests unable to be accessed by e-bikes it's only one of like three states that have done that but federal law is anything that's 750 watt or under is considered non-motorized that's the federal law across the united states if it's 749.999 watts so 20 mile an hour or less also then it's considered considered a non-motorized vehicle now the definition of an e-bike is a bike with pedals and a motor that assists it and or has a throttle. And then it goes into the wattage. And this is where we're going to get in the conversation about the scooters in a little bit, because guess what? Scooters don't have pedals. Huh. So it's not an e-bike, right? So now there's a little bit of a gray area there. But um, and you know, at the end of the day, Dylan knows that they're super fun and they'll they'll get you where you need to go. Going from bad to the bone, my friend. <laughs> so I took that thing up. Yeah, you know, we were at uh, where were we at? Beaver, Beaver, uh, yep, Beaver, Utah. And I got on that scooter, and you're like, "Dude, just take it straight up the mountain." And I'm like, "Dude, it's a scooter, man. Like, I'm gonna die." And you're like, "Just take off." And uh, sure enough, man, I took off, and uh, it got me up there. It got me up there quick too. Yeah, yeah, they're they're pretty crazy. And that's the thing is, like, when you look at the laws, you need to check where you're at, right? I'm not gonna tell you, "Hey, guess what." Federal law states that if you keep it in the 750 mode, and let me rephrase this, a lot of the states and the trails, you have to have a 750 watt decal on your bike. So I give a 750 decal with every bike I sell. So they have it. I know you can't see me right now, but I'm showing Dylan them. So I've got them even sitting right here on my desk. So any order that goes out, I automatically make sure everybody has a sticker. Just put it on your bike, whether you're in 750 watt mode or not, when you are, the sticker's on there and you're covered. Um, that's one of the stipulations of the law. It's, it's got to be marked and it's got to be a, a decal, not just, you can't just write it on it with a Sharpie. So but, now, um, what's the law behind, and, and I got into this argument with somebody the other day. I'm like, well, if I just take the battery out, it's no longer powered. Correct. hundred percent. So at that point, like if you were in Montana, and they were to pass the law, no e-bikes whatsoever, period. And you were to pull that motor out and or pull the battery off and just ride it as a bike, are you still in the wrong? Nope. As long as the battery is not in there, then you are riding a nine-speed mountain bike. It's a nine over two. That's all it is. All right. So, 
And when it comes to the national forest and it comes to federal lands, the federal law states 750 or lower is considered non-motorized and you can ride it. States like Montana, they'll tell you that we've outlawed all e-bikes on national and federal land, but there's no laws that I can find anywhere in their legislation that has been passed that says that. Even though when you call them and you call their headquarters and ask them, they'll tell you that because they're trying to fight it. And the reason behind it is because they want less people in the mountains. They're afraid that it's going to make it so more people go up there is what the explanation was that I got. And they want to keep people on their feet or on horses. And I'm a horse guy too, but horses tear up the trails and the property way more than these e-bikes do. And you don't have to feed the e-bike. It's not going to eat anything when it's up there, you know? So, but um, each state's different. So state of Washington I'm in right now. State of Washington said, we agree with the federal government, 750 or less considered non-motorized. Department of Wildlife here says, no, screw you. We don't agree with it. We're saying that anything with an electric motor, no matter if it's one watt or a thousand watts, is motorized. We don't want it on the property. So now the state and our wildlife department are fighting back and forth and going to court and everything else because they're fighting each other. Now, that state, that has nothing to do with the federal because that's the Washington state agreed with the federal law and made it across the state. 750, 120 mile an hour is not motorized, no matter where you ride in the state, whether it's federal or state line. Now, when, so, you say, when you say 20 mile an hour, that that just means that's all, that's the top speed you can get out of the throttle. Yes. Yep. Without pedal. When you program that, it'll cut you off. It won't let you go faster than 20 mile an hour with the throttle or the pedal assist. Now, if you shut the electric off, you put it in a nine speed mountain bike, you can literally be riding 40 mile an hour without electric power. So what if you get to, what if it's in the, what if it's in the 20 mile an hour mode, you get it up to 20 with the throttle and then you start pedaling to go faster. It won't let you. Huh? How does it stop you from pedaling though? Yeah, it won't, it won't stop you from pedaling, but it'll cut the motor up. Gotcha. So the motor will actually drop power and cut out once you hit that 20 mile an hour speed limit, then you're just pure pedaling. So I could still get it above 20. It would just have to be my own mic. It would be your own power. Yep. It'd be your own legs. Gotcha. Okay. Which is pretty cool that you have that availability, right? That you can choose which way you want it. Like people ask me, how far can you ride on your e-bike? I said, I can go coast to coast. They're like, oh, you're full of shit. I'm like, no, I can. I never turn it on. I'll ride it like a mountain bike. Right. So there's different applications for it, but like the average, you know, we, we tell people 40 to 60 miles, depending on how you ride. I get 60 to 80 out of a battery because I keep it in zone one and I only use the battery when I need it. And so that way I have the longevity of knowing that when I'm coming out heavy, the bike's doing the work, not me. See, that's where me and you differ because I don't think I ever pedaled when I was riding. I don't I think you did either. <laughs> I just used the throttle. <laughs> right? So that's, why, that's why the scooter was my thing. I'm like, you mean I don't have to pedal, period. Uh, and, and I still got that, that thing up to like, I mean, downhill, I got up to like 30 mile an hour, flat ground 25. I mean, just an absolute blast to ride. And, uh, man, I figured out some, some unique riding styles with that thing. Yes, you did. You're riding that thing like a low boy, ape hangers, just, uh, popping and running. And, and you even jumped on the storm and threw an ax while riding the storm mountain bike and stuck it in the wood target. You do you have that video? Yes, I do. It's right That's here on my phone. 
that's the coolest thing I've ever done, maybe in my lifetime. I'll I don't think, man, I've had children and, uh, you know, my wife's given birth to, to three beautiful children. And I think that moment still tops it all. You know, right. that, <laughs> that like was that the axe. pinnacle. That was the pinnacle of my life. Uh, riding an e-bike and throwing an axe at a target. Uh, and hitting it. The pinnacle. Not, not just throwing it, but actually sticking the axe into the target. The pinnacle. Nothing yeah, will ever right. get better than that. That uh, was pretty awesome. <laughs> so, Thomas, we um, I, I like to ask all of my guests one thing. Uh, so Fred Bear was big on his field notes. What's one field note? And it doesn't have to pertain to e-bikes or, or, or anything like that. What's one field note you've taken uh, over the years that, that I can take and make myself a better hunter with? My, my biggest thing is, is every time I start a hunt, like I'm, I'm a faithful guy. And I mean, my, my God's always with me and I, but I'm not, I'm not a church person, right? I'm not like that, that I need to be in a building. So every time I go on a hunt and I go up in the mountains, the first thing I do is I sit down and I talk, I talk to my Lord, my God. And I ask him to give me direction. I ask him, you know, to make it safe. I ask him to open up my eyes to things that I don't see, open my ears up to things I don't normally hear and just allow me to be connected. And with doing that, like all my pre-scouting and everything is really good, but all that goes away once I get there, right? And I mean, for, for me, the biggest thing is, is no matter what you're hunting or where you're hunting, when you get there, Take the first five to 15 minutes just to close your eyes and listen and just that's listen. Awesome. And that's it, you know, because once you listen, you get connected. You get connected to everything around you in nature, Even whether you're in a tree stand, a ground blind, or you're up 10,000 feet on a ridge up on one of these peaks that I hunt. Yeah. No, that's awesome, man. Um, so like like we said, you sell Baku, you sell Wise Eye. Um, you sell 6am and you sell your racks. Where can they find you at? So universal outdoorproducts.com. So universal spelled out outdoor and then products with an S.com. And we're going to be adding more products to the site. We also have a membership on the site that you can sign up for where you save 15% year round over the already discounted prices we have. So I'm looking at having 50 to hundred products max on the site. It's not going to be one of these big, you know, conglomerates to where I've got a thousand different products. It's going to be products I've used or people I trust like Dylan has used and say, Hey, you know what? I'll put my name on this. And I'm like, okay, I trust you, you know, because of the relationship we have and other friends and family. That's what I want to bring. I want to bring quality at a quality price and uh, to allow people to see that it isn't about who can spend the most on marketing. It's about hunters helping hunters understand how the gear works, what actually is real based on facts. You know, like I have my own personal feelings on certain broadheads and certain bows, you know, but at the end of the day, if I don't have the facts to back that up, my feelings don't mean shit, right? It's just an opinion. And we all know how good opinions are, especially when they don't serve us. So this way, at least people can come and they can say, hey, you know what? 6 a.m. gear. Made in the USA, number one backcountry lightweight gear, number one game bags, 10 years running. You know, where can I get them? Well, I can get them at 6amoutdoors.com or I can go to Black Overs or I can go to Universal Outdoor Products and get them discounted where we always have free shipping, right? So there's these, these different ways that people can find stuff, same as Wise Eye. 
we do free shipping all the time. I, I have 100% free shipping on everything that we sell. So you could go to another dealer or another site where you're going to pay tax and shipping, right? Or where you have to spend a certain amount before you get free shipping. But I want to give back to the outdoorsman. I want to give back to the, the hunters, the blue collar, the guys that can only go out one day every couple of weeks or the guys that can go out for a month. And so that's why I started this. And that's why I'm, I'm doing what I'm doing with building this and putting quality products in. So there's no tax on your website either? Uh, no, we do. We tax. Um, so um, one thing that I did is I did no tax for the month of July for veterans. So we do do specials where we cover tax. Gotcha. So every once in a while, you'll find where we do free shipping and we cover tax. I don't believe I have a no tax this month. I think that ended in July. And if it didn't, then you get the benefit of jumping on and buying something now because if it's up, it's up. Um, I would love to be able to give a code out though for your listeners um, for, for the e-bike. So if you're looking at buying a Baku e-bike, they're in stock right now. So if you use Bear 2021, that'll give you $600 off of retail with free shipping on any Baku bike. Oh, snap. What about, uh, what about Wise Eye though? Cause I'm a fan so, of Wise Eye, man. Yeah. And so with Wise Eye um, and 6am, we have two other codes. So Wise Eye 2021 will give you 15% off the, the cameras, plus you'll get the free shipping. And then 6am, so B-I-A-M 2021 will give you 15% off all 6am products. Nice. Go check it out, guys. Great way to save money uh, because you can, and you guys know I'm a huge fan of of Wise Eye. I'm a big supporter of those guys, but you can save money by ordering from Thomas because it's free shipping and a discount. So um, go check out Thomas for all of your Wise Eye cameras, all your Baku bikes. Um, real quick before we go, and this is a product you need to get on your website ASAP. Um, Koa Optics. I have been a huge fan of Koa Optics for a long time. Um, I, I don't know, maybe five years ago, um, I was introduced to Koa Optics by my friends over at SNS Archery, and uh, their words were, "I sell them all, and I have no reason to lie to you." And these are better than Suaros, and uh, and so I, I went with them, and I've fallen in love with them, and uh, just fantastic Japanese-made glass. So if you're in the market for optics, Go check out Koa Optics because they are phenomenal. Did you get to meet Paul? At, at yeah, yeah, I met Paul and I looked through some of his optics and and they are like I've I've been with Vortex now Vortex for about ten years. I've had some Swarrows, you know, and great. And the the Koas I would I put up against because I've got the HD razors, which are the Japanese glass, um, and I've always ran Vortex Japanese glass, not the the China stuff, just because it's such a better quality and so much clearer. Yeah. And and that color was like right there all day long, if not if not more from everything we were looking at. What we were looking at there in Reno at the convention, it was what two miles away or something like that. That one sign, something like that. And yeah, we were reading yeah. it crystal clear. Yeah, it was it was insane. It was so clear. So definitely a great product for sure. And so. they've got some they've got some big th- things they're about to to release. So uh, I was getting texts last week. They just released a ninety nine, and that thing is just stinking it's massive but it's bad to the bone and and i had friends text me like holy crap have you seen this yet uh but they've got more in the works that are just going to uh to 
I don't want to say take over the game because that's just cliche and everybody makes great binos. And <laughs> you can get great binos from from anywhere. Um, but they're going to come out with some incredible things that that will really up their binocular game. So uh, go check out yeah. Coa Optics. You also Our, need you also need to get uh, initial ascent. I well, so I just bought my initial ascent pack last week, so I'm waiting for it to get switched. So I switched from Mystery Ranch to Initial Ascent this year. Um, love Mystery Ranch, used them for years. Dana, the godfather of packs, fit me for my first pack that I got with Mystery Ranch. Fit great, but I'm a patriot at heart, and I'm a just because they're a U.S. company doesn't mean they're a U.S. product. The hunting packs are made overseas, right? Their military packs are made here, and I'm a I'm a U.S. based company with my rack system, and after meeting Joe and Dennis with Initial Ascent and being able to put their pack on, be able to have 150 pounds, go up and down the ski slope, and then watch my nine-year-old and my 13-year-old, both with 135 pounds on that pack, walking almost perfectly straight up and down, back and forth without being hunched over, I was sold. So me and Joe got on the phone about a week ago, and I set my pack up and ordered it, which is pretty awesome. Well, congratulations. Welcome to the best pack you'll ever have again yeah. in your life. Dude, it's, um, it's phenomenal. If you guys haven't checked out Initial Ascent yet, check them out. Tell them that Dylan and, and myself sent you. Ask for Joe or Dennis. Great guys. All USA made. And their system, those hooks on the side to be able to hang your quarters in your weight, like completely blew my mind. I was yeah. just like, I'm standing straight up with 150 pounds on my back, walking, jogging, jumping, bouncing. And I no no problem whatsoever. Yeah, I actually... uh I started, um, I started packing it. Well, I had a buddy over and, and I was getting ready for a whitetail hunt and I was putting my stuff in that pack. And he's like, you're taking that whitetail hunting. And I'm like, well, dude, whether I'm carrying 30 pounds to a tree stand or I mean, not 30, whether I'm carrying 10 pounds to a tree stand or 40 pounds in the back country, I still want to be comfortable. And exactly. I'm like, I, you know, I want to get to my tree stand with 10 pounds comfortable. Um, so why not use this pack? You know, I mean, it's just common sense to me. Uh, well, I'm, I'm putting both my kids in them um, this year. So they're going to have the Invictus frame, which is a smaller frame for mm -hmm. shorter people, women, kids, shorter guys, and putting the day packs on. Yeah. And, I mean, they can, they can run two, three days worth of stuff in the day pack for their stuff because it's so much smaller. You know, I'm like, it's a done deal. Yeah. No, I'm running the, the, the 2k. Um, and, and like I said, I'm just going to have it as a tree stand pack. Um, and, awesome. and really here's why I want a bigger pack just because, you know, when it comes to, when it comes to even to tree stand hunting, um, you know, I found that, that sometimes I have to have even two backpacks. I'm like, well, this is my hunting stuff. Then this is my camera gear. Yeah. Um, you know, cause if you film your hunts, you've got your camera arms, you've got your cameras, your extra batteries. I mean, all that microphones and, and, and all that stuff and, and chargers to charge your cameras when you're in the field. And, oh, yeah. and, uh, I'm like, well, why not just carry a bigger pack and I can have everything in one pack and sure there'll be times where there's, you know, one hoodie in it and, and a, you know, a grunt call, but still, uh, why not carry a more comfortable pack? Even if it is just those two items. So that's why I made the switch. I love it, man. They're, yeah, they're by far, I would have to say the most comfortable pack I've ever put on. And then once I use it this season, I can give an actual real review on how it, how it performs up in the mountains. So, 
Well, Thomas, man, I appreciate you coming on um, because I know for myself and, and maybe this podcast was just for me, but I know for myself, you know, there's been a lot of, of confusion behind why e-bikes, how to choose an e-bike and then laws surrounding e-bikes. So um, I appreciate you taking the time to come on and shed some light on it, man. Hey, no problem. And, you know, if it's OK, I'll give my contact information. If anybody has any questions or wants to get a hold of me, I'm an open book. So, um you can reach me at thomas at universaloutdoorproducts.com and just shoot me an email. If you have any questions, I'll shoot you back my cell phone number. I don't want to put my cell phone here because I think Dylan's got like 300,000 people that might listen to this. So <laughs> I don't need to be getting 100, 100 messages a day. But if you are interested in talking, ordering something, buying something off the site, figuring out what works for you, what fits for you, any questions you have on stuff, just email me. And I'll shoot you over my cell phone. We'll get on the call. And I mean, if it takes us four hours to figure out, it takes four hours. If it takes 10 minutes, it takes 10 minutes, but I'm here for you. So use me, use, use my knowledge, use what I have available for you to make your experience in the outdoors better than what you've had before. And just to keep growing and expanding and what you want to do and what you love and your passion. And with that, we will end it, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, I hope you have a great week. And with seasons kicking off uh, all around the country, good luck this fall. And make sure and send me all of your harvest photos as I love to see them. <laughs>